Hello and welcome to With Relish here on the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm Harry Colley. And I'm Aoife Allen. We're a fortnightly food podcast looking at Ireland's culinary industry and identity with a focus on the individuals that make it up. You can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please make sure to hit subscribe and write us a review or even better, tell a friend. And also make sure to check out our Instagram page, which is at With Relish Podcast. And that's where you can see pictures of behind the scenes things. And Ooh. See, yeah, what Ian's looking after. Well, this is it. And yeah, so I suppose speaking of Instagram, today we're going to have a bit of a look at um, how food, the internet and social media all kind of interact. Yes. And specifically how the internet has changed the way we eat. And yeah, it's something I was actually thinking about last week before we were necessarily planning the detail of the episode. Mm. Just I was kind of musing that in the past, say, two weeks I had watched a random Saudi woman in her kitchen preparing a chicken dish. So, I mean, it, it wasn't a TV show. Via YouTube. Via YouTube. Sorry, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, just, I was just there. Yeah, I was just over in Saudi. Under her yeah. kitchen table, <laughs> observing, <laughs> keeping, a, yeah. keeping a close eye. Yeah, I was just like, I wonder what people eat in Saudi. I don't know anything about Saudi cuisine because all you ever think about is like, women can't drive yeah. or couldn't until last until week. Until very recently. So I think that's what sparked it actually. I was like, Okay, Juke. women can drive there. Now I want to know about their jazz Juke is one thing I know. Juke. Um, so the, yeah, it's from the Arabian like Peninsula. Z-H-O-U-G. That's it. Yeah, the like spicy, it's like spicy chili and coriander. Chili coriander. Yeah, yeah, and it's lovely. delicious divine condiment. Yeah. But uh, that's all I know of Saudi, so I should check it. Send me that channel. Yeah, I will. But it was just really funny. Like, it's just, it, it's kind of like, I love eBay for the same reason. You're just having this little glimpse into people's lives. Yeah. Like, what does your kitchen look like in Saudi? Yeah. And I did the same. I was like, what's a black roux? Because I was reading some Louisiana cookbooks. And I was okay, like, what right, does a black yeah. roux look like? So I was like, stuck into YouTube, black roux. And this um, woman in rural Louisiana was mm. there making a roux just in an old, like an old uh, Dutch oven kind of thing. Great. In her gaff. But like really badly recorded, terrible sound. But you're just looking at this woman kind of sweating does, in her head. Does not need it's really like fun. high production value at all. No. I remember before I went to go over cute, and live like, in Spain, I was mm. looking up videos beforehand and I was trying to find stuff just in terms of like how to make a tortilla. Like that was the first place that I learned it. And then when I got there, I, I, somebody showed me how to do it. But mm. the first place that I learned how to do it was just looking at like a Spanish middle-aged woman yeah. in her kitchen with her son filming her and he was, he was just like well she makes the best ones in the world so like let's film her do it and yeah. it's this kind of like glimpse totally like a glimpse into somebody's world and life and so I think for us as cooks uh, or just like consumers of media we mm. find that really beneficial and means that you can explore more and see more and it's not it's not um, it's just much easier yeah I don't think there's another profession that benefits as much from the internet in terms of just accessible information that isn't really protected by intellectual property rights. Right. You can just go like, how do you make that thing? Or I wonder, does that thing exist? You have a look and like, yeah, it does. Okay, I'm going to do my version of that. That's mine. Because That's I, my thing. When I know? started in the kitchen first, uh, I remember one of my first head chefs told me about a book to get, which was mm. Le, Re- Le Repertoire de la Cuisine. Okay. Which is like a super classical French uh, book in which it, it doesn't have any measurements or... Um, like details on how to make things yeah. it's just like identifying the, identifying the list of things like if you don't mm. know what bechamel is it's this if you don't know okay. what uh, hollandaise is that what's different between <laughs> hollandaise and bernays and this that and the other and so you go through that in order to know what you're making or how to do yeah. stuff on the fly but for so us now this big book in your pocket the whole time yeah, like having an A to Z when you move to London yeah, first yeah, I remember exactly. I just cycle that. around with the A to Z going <laughs> how do I get to West London Jesus <laughs> <laughs> everything looks the same <laughs> and like yeah and then but, just stick but, Google Maps on and stick on your headphones I know but now it's just a matter of opening your phone totally, um, yeah. and, and exploring all of that stuff and and I think it comes with its positives and with its negatives as well totally. uh, I'm not a super uh, social media user I use Instagram and that's it mm. um, I use nothing use nothing yeah You're, I'm a Luddite 
I gave it up three years ago. Like, yes, and haven't really gone. And that's back. why I think you're going yeah. to be good for this chat as well because yeah. you're like on the the. For once, I have a use on this show. Yeah. <laughs> rather than just being a pretty face. <laughs> but so yeah, so I think we're going to have somebody. We're, well, I know, I know, we're going to have uh, Eva McAwain in to mm. speak to us about this uh, specifically. And Eva is an author and a food writer, and used to run a food blog for a long time, and yeah. and lives a lot of her life in the online sphere in the online sphere and is seems to use it in a really smart way that I'd love to understand a bit better because it's just so far beyond my world and like my instinct often when we talk about the subjects is to reach for the like the irritations like you know sometimes at work we'll see people standing up on a desk mm. not on a desk on a chair to photograph their eggs yeah. for Instagram and I'm like get down eat your food I know eat your lunch you know just stop it but it's also but that's it's that me same just being idea, grumpy it, but it, like those those same people who are like standing up and taking those photo, photos awkwardly are the same people who are like sharing promoting, information promoting our food totally yeah, well, yeah. promoting our food but also mm. like if we're talking about you know looking at a Saudi woman's or a Spanish woman's kitchen yeah. um, it's that same thing of like wanting to share yeah and, exactly and so we can passively you know be like, oh, stay to you. But actually, we benefit from it loads. Yeah, and there's a big part of it that in that I just, it's just not my world. So when I see it being yeah. expressed in that way, I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, you know, yeah. just, just, just oh, <laughs> making me self conscious, yeah. making you self conscious, just stop that. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like that person is just going, I went to my holidays and I ate this really nice thing yeah. in Dublin. Mm-hmm. It's a really unusual place. You should go and check it out. And yeah. that's a really, really nice positive thing to do. I think so. So I'm going to be less of a grouch and, and more, be more open. An embracer. Great. Think, okay. Yeah. Let's talk to Eva about it all. Yeah. We're joined in the studio now by food writer and friend of the show, Eva McElwain, to discuss how the internet has changed the way we consume our food. Eva McElwain, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Great to see you again. Thank you, guys. And welcome, friend of the show. That's yeah. really nice, isn't it? Isn't it nice to say? I it's wasn't nice here say. the last time you were here. Yeah, the last time you were here, <laughs> Harry was in Mexico. That's true. And I think it might have been on your, like, fourth episode or something. something like that. And Ian and I did it. The early days. And we just thought a few weeks ago it would be so nice to have you because we were about a year in now and we thought it would be really nice to have you back now that we kind of know what we're doing. (laughs) Harry's not in Mexico and all those things. You (laughs) You guys totally knew what you were doing. From the start I wouldn't say so but we're getting there. (laughs) Lots of big pauses back in the day. (laughs) Thank you for considering me a friend of the show. That's really sweet. Thank you. Um, So we wanted to have you on to talk about the influence of internet and mm-hmm. food at the moment. And we know that uh, across your many pies of which you have fingers in, including mm. like Sing Along Social, and then there was Forkful TV, and then there's... Uh, writing for the writing Irish writing Times. And, and like so many things. Writing books, there's yeah. Slow at Work, and all of these things. Like You <laughs> live your you life do? on the computer. Yeah, I, well, I suppose it could appear that way. It's it's so interesting to me, how how we see each other's lives through mm. social media, um, and people often say to me, "God, you're you're so busy," you know. And I'm actually genuinely not that busy. I could be busier. Mm. I could. I'm actually really actively not taking on everything that I could. I'm really, really trying to be quiet for two, three days a week. And actually, at the moment, I've got a four day working week. Nice. Um, so that's maybe a humble brag. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Was that humble? Was that humble? <laughs> I think it was just a brag. Uh, but um, but my point is that it's very interesting to me that because my work is quite visible, maybe, or you know, I work a lot on the weekends. Uh, so maybe similar to you guys, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. So maybe when uh, someone who's got a very brilliant boundary of a kind of nine to five Monday to Friday mm. working week, maybe the perception is of you know, that my life looks a bit busier, but, because but it's genuinely... Because of that. Yeah, 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 and maybe sure. it's, it's public because I'm, you yeah. know, most 
people aren't saying, you know, it's Monday morning and I'm back in the office, but mm. yeah. I'll be like, it's Saturday night, I'm doing a sing-along in Galway. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. or this article that I wrote is in the Irish Times, here's mm-hmm. the link or whatever. So, yeah, yeah I think it's uh, social media is just fascinating um, and how it kind of, it's it's an incredible tool and it's a, it's a real dangerous, ah, God, I don't want to say dangerous, but... It's a it's a tricky road. There's such a balance be, between it, and I think it really influences food so much as totally. well. Totally, so, yeah. That's what I wanted to talk to you about yeah. specifically, is because I know you, like you started out with I can has cook, and that was with you know that was a food blog, and that yeah. was talking about food yeah. through the media internet, and um, wondering about how do you find it as a way of translating that experience? Yeah, well. What's so interesting is, and I think why the one of the reasons why I still have a loyalty and a, and quite a like a deep affection for social media is because when I started my food blog in two thousand and nine, so that's nearly ten years ago. Um, that was it. Just so happened that at the same time, um, that's when Twitter kind of became. Mm a thing, um, not just worldwide, but in Ireland as well. People had been using Twitter since kind of 2006, 2007, I think, but uh, certainly at least that mm. time. But um, but 2009 was definitely the year that, that more people were using it and people who maybe wouldn't necessarily have considered themselves to be kind of techies or anything mm. like that. It was just becoming more mainstream. And I started my food blog um, to learn how to cook. I Before that, I only cooked one dish and it was a sort of a chickpea ratatouille stew and it was really good and mm-hmm. I had gotten like really good at making it. But every time any of my friends came over, they'd be like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the stew. This is delicious. Wow. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> so I, but I, I often thought like you know I, I have very high expectations of myself, and I was a real perfectionist about uh, cooking when I started to kind of learn. I, I was like you know. I thought that it was only my mom or my granny that 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 could cook as well as as uh, you know that I could never cook as as well as that. So my food blog was a way for me to stretch my uh, cooking wings and try and learn how to cook something every week. And what happened was I used Twitter as well at the same time and all of a sudden there was this amazing community of food bloggers in Ireland and abroad as well. Um, who were there to help me when I was like, yeah. what is short crust pastry? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what mm-hmm. this is. What does it mean to brown sausages? Like mm. stuff like that is how basic I was. I was like, okay. what does yeah. that mean? Okay. Like yeah. in a recipe. And so then I would have people like English Mum was a really, really great early adopter. He gave me loads of advice. Or Christian Jensen, who is now Edible Ireland. Or Emen McDonnell, mm. who's um, Irish Farmet. Um who does the amazing uh, blog about her life. She married an American. She married an Irish farmer. She's an American. Um, And just loads of other amazing food bloggers who, as I said, were there to help me and hold my hand Mm. online. Um, But it, it, it so it's sort of then kind of 2010, 2011 was when that community really grew. And it was also a way for us to connect to food producers. Um, to restaurateurs as well. So it was an amazing way for me as someone who was just discovering the Irish food scene and really kind of taking a big interest in it. Like I was able to connect to people like uh, Lorraine Fanarin in Limerick who runs um, Italian foodies in La Cucina. Um, that she was someone I met online and then went to her restaurant and, you know, that was that was then 
I wouldn't I went out of my way on yeah. on a road trip to kind of go okay. and that was like that's a pattern that's something that I still do now I look for I still am able to connect to kind of food places that are a bit off the beaten track something like the misunderstood hair in a food truck in Connemara you know I know I knew it was there because they followed me on Instagram yeah. and then I followed them back saw what they were doing and then took a detour to Lanan got a flat tire on the way but just kept journeying journeying on and made it to see the food truck so Which that's is so nice because that's the original purpose of the Michelin guide as well was about yeah. traveling and exactly. that way and what's worth a detour and what and is the destination exactly. and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. A, a really interesting analogy that you used just because like because the original one star was worth a detour two was no, one is like stopped there. Two was worth a detour. Oh. Three was the destination. Oh. It was the original. That's what Michelin was in, in the early days of like oh. tire usage and traveling all over France. It was yes. like how how much could you get out of your tires? Okay. And so well, there you go. Instagram, same thing though. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Three stars on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you speak to the, I suppose like the generosity of that community when you started, uh, you know, you didn't start out as a food professional or anything like that. No, you weren't, we you were weren't just promoting a restaurant or you weren't p- promoting a catering company most, or something. You were literally learning how to cook. No, in the most basic sense. Yeah, and you found like that's something I found. I I read a lot of recipes online just from food bloggers and and just domestic cooks showing off their stuff. Um, and sometimes I find the tone a bit grating, especially from the American food community. Sometimes like they're like super peppy, super upbeat and everything. Do you mean but sorry? Do you mean if the like food network like the high production stuff no I mean like you know somebody who just loves baking at home I'll read their recipes and stuff but what I'm always struck by whether or not I find like the peppiness to be a bit annoying because mm-hmm. I'm just a grumpy cynical person right. but I generally find like the generosity of spirit like the time that people are taking to answer questions like yeah. somebody will be like I tried it and it didn't work out this time and the person will just come back and like they've obviously taken a chunk out of their day to that's go that's where it starts to feel like a social network I think and yeah. it's not just a space to be putting things exactly yeah. like I've seen so many recently where a person will just be like oh maybe you didn't do this step or whatever and like in that online space where people can be actually quite vicious and quite critical towards each other it seems like for the most part in that like food blogging community that there's like a lot of kindness floating around and I don't know what it is is it just that people who do that like to nourish and have I'm a I'm still waiting on my replies goodness? on my Yahoo board okay yeah <laughs> you're, you're probably just not like nobody's told me what happens with, to do with over whipped cream yet <laughs> <laughs> amazing um, yeah it's a really interesting point it's um you know, I've watched with interest in the last year or two, maybe more, how different the kind of lifestyle and beauty and fashion blogging world mm. is from what my experience of the food blogging world was, Where, which was, first of all, back in 2009, 10, 11 even, we were just people who were taking pictures of our dinner. Like, mm-hmm. that is just what we were doing. And we were just putting them up and riding. Some of us loved riding anyway. and But at, genuinely at that point, it wasn't the question, the idea that we would get anything from it just was not there. Yeah. Like it was kind of about 2010 or 11 when, you know, we started, and I will say we, we as in the food bloggers in Ireland that I would have known um, and still know and I'm still friends with, mm. um, that's when we would have been approached by brands to be like, can yeah. we send you stuff? And at yeah. first you're like, deadly! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then you're like, I don't want this crap. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't want my hashtag spawn beside that. <laughs> I know. And so, I mean, it's so funny. And then um, I remember like, you know, I think there was an, an overestimated value put on some bloggers as well mm-hmm. at the start. Myself included like, Myself and Niall, my husband, who um, runs Niall and I, 
dot com. Plug. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, a but, Thanks. We all um, plug our but stuff. <laughs> in, was it two? It was two thousand and nine. We were. This is so insane. But we were taken to Australia by the Australian Tourism Board what? for ten days. Five days in Melbourne. Uh, and I know. And five days in Perth. That's and like the whole. I know. I mean. And so he did music and I did food. And I just think at that time there were it was PR companies were like bloggers yeah. but didn't actually really no offense to some PR people totally got it but yeah, sure. but anyway um, like the it whole new, time it was essentially a new platform yeah. Yeah. it was like worth yeah, yeah. but probing. I so anyway god I'm all about the humble brags today um, <laughs> so what what then developed though was you know it became really obvious to me really quickly that I didn't want to have that was my choice I didn't mm. I didn't want to um, be kind of advertising yeah. for other people, and I my blog was always uh, adverti- advertisement free. Mm-hmm. Just by that was purely my choice, and anyway, it was easy for me to do that because I had started to make an income from food through other avenues. So I'd gotten my column in Totally Dublin yeah. and in the Irish Independent at that time. And I had then, a couple of years later, started working as a food stylist as well. So it was easy for me to yeah. have these great ethics and have my my blog advertisement free. But it wasn't really about that. It was just I didn't, uh, it didn't make sense for me to align myself with mm. brands and stuff. So mm. that's a choice that I made. But I have, I've, I, I think it's a really interesting time with blogging now, like with... Um, the advertising standards, the ASAI. I can't remember what that stands for. I don't know either. I'm just thinking of bloggers advertising and veiled, standards authority of, no, of Ireland, like whistleblower. This, the, have you known about this bloggers unveiled? Tell me. It's uh, a it's a secret account. We're not a secret account, but yeah. we don't know who's behind it. And okay. there's somebody who's going around all of the Irish influencers, and they're just calling out when people are editing the photos to make sure to make right. them know that this isn't how that beauty product works well, or that's oh, well, you know okay. make sure to say that you did get paid to be staying at that hotel tonight because if you don't do it, so there's somebody going yeah. out, and it's like. There's a there's a conversation going so on about is that bullying or is that yeah, not? Yeah, somebody's just policing the space. Yeah, like and it's, unauthorized. Yeah, mm. on yeah, like anonymously. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's wow. bizarre. Okay, so that, that's so really interesting. It is interesting, but it's, it's I actually think, me. What's <laughs> <laughs> well, the kind of thing I would do? I'm an arsehole. Like. <laughs> Instinctive arsehole. But speaking of all of the, the, you know, those the ways that we can't make ourselves look good on social media, and I think that Instagram has become this very curated space where we kind of put up, as opposed to the f- Facebook days of just a photo dump, mm, of yeah. just putting up 70 photos of your holidays. <laughs> yes, now we put so up that good. one photo where we look fab. Mm. Um, and I wonder about um, brands and restaurants now using social media for themselves. Mm. And, and and you found these guys in the West. What were mm-hmm. they called again? The misunderstood hair. Misunderstood hair. Yeah. Um, mm. And it's so possible that there's a lot of businesses out there who are really good at social media and really bad at food. Yeah, <laughs> true. Do you know? Yeah. Um, so I wonder about the like, the wariness mm. of that of be, of, some, of having a cracking team with yeah. Instagram. Yeah, exactly. And and styling food to look really really superb. Yeah. And then just like I suppose that's my big concern mm. about. Instagramming food I'm like are people even engaging with what they're eating really like is it is like are you kind of overcome with concern about the visual you know Mm. and I think there probably are restaurants who are way more concerned with the publicity that they can kind of bring out of that Um, what do you reckon like is that is is it okay what's the question is it affecting the quality of food Mm. so I here's what I think about that I think that in all walks of life, uh, human beings are very, very good at 
sniffing out and sensing authenticity. I yeah. just think we are very good at that. Um, maybe that's because I'm an optimist mm-hmm. um, and it's what I choose to believe. Um, but what, and maybe it's actually just my experience. I think that, um, I would like to think anyway, that I'm good at seeing when this is actually an Instagram feed from, say, one of the best uh, people at it, I think, are Two Boys Brew yeah. up yeah. in Fibsborough. Yeah. And you just know that that is two guys, that it's their business together, that they, you know, they're a couple who love food and they are really and good designs, at like design. Torin's got such an eye for design. Exactly. We had yeah. Torin on the show before. Oh, I love yeah, him. Yeah, yeah he's great. Um, so... Yeah, I think like when they first started popping up with their kind of beautiful Instagram, so when they even before they opened, Mm. um, that caught my eye. And I think it's really interesting because (sighs) such a big question, um, but I think it's so interesting with Instagram and how it and design like so how, you know, maybe a lot of the cafes that have opened in the last couple of years um, even though they are really authentic places, like because of trends and because mm. of design trends and things like that, sometimes places look very similar. Or it's like, yeah. you know, you have this yeah. kind of like a cafe checklist, like, mm-hmm. you know, the blue six ounce cups, the, yeah. the gray the, wall, the, gray wall mm. the, the polished concrete, mm-hmm. the the rose gold light fittings, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Um, and that can be done in a really contrived way mm-hmm. um, or it can be done because that's what the people who are opening the place really like. And it's also like a, it's a signal or, or a, <clears throat> it's like a tribal call. Mm. God, I'm going to get. Yeah, no, you're totally yeah, right. No, it yeah, is. Yeah. It's like, but, this is a place you'll like. <laughs> yeah. I just you know? hate myself a little bit for saying <laughs> that. That's okay. But it's, I'm, I'm really interested in it. I'm actually not sure if it's a good or a bad thing. Yeah. It's like. I was in um, Portugal in Porto. Um, it was last year, and I, I found this place online through a blog that I just I saw a couple of those things. And what actually clinched it for me was in the picture I saw there was a magazine of uh, there was a copy of Kinfolk there. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, yeah, uh, this is familiar to me. Yeah, I'm gonna go there. And actually, I had a great brunch, a really good coffee. It was lovely, but part of me was like, hmm, was that the Porto experience yeah, yeah. And you know it's what I mean? actually it's like looking for the golden arches in a way do you know what I mean it's just exactly. like yeah. it's exactly. so fucking familiar exactly. yeah. I'm going to be okay exactly. there I know I'm for yes. something that's kind of yeah. like Scandi designed yeah and, um, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. and and the thing is is I did really like that and it was interesting to me because it gave me a window and I was like okay so there are people in Porto who are also like use me. Instagram yeah. <laughs> and copy yeah. ideas from the use Instagram yeah. and yeah. read kinfolk and that's just kind of interesting yeah. but the next day then I'm gonna go and get my pasta del nada from the little yeah. you know one euro coffee kind of place yeah. you know so again I'm not sure if it's good or bad you know it, I'm like both. is it yeah like, I think it I think is, it is. like yeah. all things it there's co- a grey area yes. okay and it, it's it's really not, like I actually had an interesting experience in Porto a couple of weeks ago as well like more I haven't been to Porto well you're not invited <laughs> sorry you're not cool enough to come to Porto and this is more it's it's comedy in a way but like it's kind of for me a little bit more the kind of downside or the weirdness around using like how the internet's affected the way we eat so we couldn't find some, we, we went out to eat at a kind of a weird hour and we couldn't find somewhere nice so we just picked this bar that was like it was a dump it was yeah. obviously a dump but they were going to give us like some nice tasty fried hangover food and we were all a bit wrecked from a festival the night before so it was cool so we sat down and like we knew the service was going to be slow 
we knew all those things. I mm. went into the bathroom and came out and I was like, okay, it's two girls working a two ring um, hob. Yeah. It, but like, it's clean, it's fine and like, we're going to be okay. So we're sitting there, like we had drinks in front of us. I was feeling really chilled. It was really nice. The sun was out. And then after a while, my friend was like, we should leave. And I said, why? And she said, I've just read a review online and it's shit. And I'm like, we oh are God, already living the shit thing. <laughs> we know this. We knew this yeah. the minute we sat down. I'm like, yes. girl, like step away from your phone. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. that the service is bad. Mm. You know that it's a ramshackle mm. place, you know? Mm. And it was just, it was kind of bizarre. It was like, yeah. you, you have to start relying on your own senses again. And like, you're in real life experience of a place and not just going the internet just told me that this place isn't good yes. you know? yeah. yeah that's no, crazy for sure um, I'm not going to name her I'm so, mean. <laughs> sorry pal I'm so torn by that because uh, when I go away I really over I'm like in I'm an intense itinerary person, mm. but it's only, I'm pretty, I am flexible. Like I don't need to hit all the places, but I need to plan before because I get serious anxiety about the thought of like wasting a meal on a holiday. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I okay. just can't cope with it. Like yeah. I get so, like the rage if I really? go okay. somewhere and I'm like, but now. But you, like, and you <laughs> save those stories, right? So you yeah. use, so yeah. like, because I use that because I was in London recently yes. and you gave me some That's recommendations right. for that stuff. And then I saw you were in Copenhagen like a good bit before that and you yeah. had them as like pinned stories, which just say that should you be going over yeah. you can just let Eva do all the hard work for you <laughs> Eva you're so good <laughs> yeah. but you see I would have gotten the research from somebody else so yeah. it's like and then there are you know and not all of those tips are good um, like you know maybe somebody online could have said that place was great mm. and it was actually you guys had a shit experience there mm-hmm. you know it could work the yeah. other way as well but I think it's like it's such a good example of again it comes back to balance of you know using in the internet and this incredible amount of information that we have as a tool as a useful tool but to not let it completely dictate how Direct we your whole time yeah, yeah. Um, and you know uh, I it's I am really careful about um, not being a slave to my itinerary when I'm away as well. And like accepting like, you know, that actually, you know, if you're too overplanned, you're actually not going to find that like amazing little place that you just turned off. You you turned down a lane and then all of a sudden there's, you know, and that's what traveling is all about, you know. So tends to be how I do pretty much all my traveling. It was on this trip with a group of friends. It was unusual for me to kind of follow what yeah. somebody had yeah. suggested. Um, so I try and do both. Online. Mm. Yeah, doing both is good. And I think I've probably eaten a lot of dud meals because yeah. of that. I'm just like, actually, we'll take a chance on that place. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. very, very, very relaxed about yeah. what I eat when I'm on holidays. I don't yeah. mind all that much. I'm such a terrible photographer. Mm. Uh, that I think that's why I've so actively disengaged from it do you know where I'm just like not a chance because mm. I have in my time tried to take photos of food and I'm just like and it's just hilarious yeah, is it like bake fails it looks terrible and I'm like, <laughs> like no this it's looks really beautiful really good at this this yeah. is my job and I just take a photo and everything's grey yeah 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 yeah. yeah. And, and it's and like is that an oil slick like, yeah <laughs> and so it just turns out because when I used to work with Kuan Green um, we ran a pop up thing together and he always had this massive interest in food styling and it was a thing that he was really good at and I would just be standing there watching him him with the tweezers <laughs> yeah. putting stuff on it and, mm. he, and then and but like but we ran a business on social media we ran a business yeah. on Twitter mm. because of that and mm. I just looked and I was like I have no idea what you're doing <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm, st- I'm still very much like that but I do sometimes right this is <clears throat> a confession that I uh, that I, I don't do so much anymore because because I don't. Oh my God, um, what is it? I know it's terrible. <laughs> so I would often check the I used to often check the um, geotag on the for the fumbly Okay. Uh, and I would be able to see if my special was getting yeah. Instagram oh. that day. Mm-hmm. So that's really me feeding my own ego and, and cool. Instagram being 
the medium for that. And like, mm. is that a thing that makes me feel very good? But kind of, yes. If I yeah. see that my special is like, bam, 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 everywhere. Oh my God, 15 yeah. people love my like, special. Look at all online. Sesame seeds. <laughs> Check out those pink but peppercorns. Then you, but then you might be swayed. Do you know mm. what I mean? To, yeah. to go away from that, uh, to go away from what you know tastes really good and then start yeah. going like, oh, maybe that needs mm. like a really solid lump of pink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing yeah. to do with the dish. Exactly, we'll, that like, is the problem. It it's going to make it pop. Yeah, that is something totally. that I have yeah. like thought mm. about myself, and that's been part of my own. Yeah, but there is an element of like visual <laughs> pleasure for a person who doesn't have a phone in their hand as well. Like yes. sometimes the blob of pink is just for the yeah, yeah, for to please your own eye. Um, you know, to to like just to elevate the thing. Totally, if I'm like a strong enough person that day, yeah, <laughs> to be really confident that my. Pasta la pesta was going to be like a sing for itself. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that it doesn't need. That yeah. spud's really going to make yes. it pop. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know where you put something, something that's really unrelated on it? Like, yeah. like beetroot powder. I'm just talking about pink things now because they yeah, always yeah, go yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I call that praise hunting. It's okay. something I do a lot as well. Mm. And, you know, everybody looks for approval seeking. And um, I mean, uh, uh, unless actually either. OK, not everybody is seeking approval, but most of us are, I think. And um, that's another interesting side of social media. Um and you know how we become a bit addicted to that praise and the reaction yeah. of, of people and as cooks that's really interesting especially as a cook in a business that is very deliberately off mm-hmm. yes um off social media so and, and 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 yet like the fumbly is such a like i know probably you guys wouldn't don't even like thinking of yourselves in this way but you actually or the fumbly as an entity is such a trendsetter and yeah. and by um Maybe because or or despite of not kind of yep. engaging in in social media because like customers are sharing those things yeah. and and that's really interesting and it um, takes a lot of pressure off us as staff there like I worked yeah. in a couple of places previously previously that engaged a lot in social media mm. and you could feel under really bad pressure or they'd be mm. like there was a view that said the eggs were overcooked what are yeah. we going to do about this I think they made Whereas, the decision based on a TED talk that they saw yeah. I think that's what it was well, they saw God somebody, bless that TED talk cause yeah because now we don't it's, have to do it's taken a lot of heat off us but yeah. it also means like the fumbly gets bad reviews sometimes of course but mm. they don't engage with them yeah. and it means we don't get these like attacks mm. right. from management where it's like who fucked up that day yes. you know yeah. which yeah. is yeah. what happens in other places mm. for sure it's like who was working that shift when this thing was posted <laughs> I've God, seen that I'm and it's, it's gruesome awful about that. yeah mm. it's really nasty you yeah. know and it's another stress on top of an incredibly tiring and draining Stressful. sort of a job like oh. the last thing you need mm. is to be going home scouring reviews at night and oh worrying <laughs> about who put that poor cat <laughs> in the oven you know yeah. so I think in that sense it's a lovely thing and yeah. it is it's definitely like just the free for all of online reviewing it's a really positive thing in those ways the democratisation mm-hmm. of information mm-hmm. and opinions and I'm all about it but at the same time I think it can be so brutal on people who are trying to do quite a hard job you yeah. know yeah. and obviously it keeps people in check and it keeps it maybe it puts a bit of pressure on standards in a good way but you know I think people are just so like a lot of folks out there have no problem being quite casually cruel mm-hmm. anonymously online yeah. and that you know I mean um, we did a we did an episode on mental health a few weeks ago, and the chef that we had in just said that like that can be really like a dagger to the heart. Totally, you know, just mm. having really really scathing reviews mm. coming flying at you, and there's no sense of the person on the other side of the pass mm. who's receiving that. Yeah, so it's another. Yeah, and I think um, that's maybe where some bloggers have gotten a, a bad rap is mm. like, you know, the the kind of ethics of, and there's so many fun, like brilliant 
food bloggers who are writing so well about food, like the gastro gays are great. Mm. And, you know, it's all really above board in that. They started a food podcast as well. They did? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> we're the food we podcast. We were the first. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, they they do. Um, there's And there's loads of others as well who, who write really, like, uh, really well about about food and restaurants, but then there's others that like are not um, like they're not paying for their meals, which mm. is a real problem. So th- it's like you know there's conflict of interest. There's lots of stuff going on, and and that is changed. That's becoming a more policed um, yeah. area, and that's great. Um, so yeah, and I think the thing with you know sites like TripAdvisor, um, obviously there is no editor there. Mm-hmm. There's also nothing to stop someone who may not have an understanding of, you know, would one would hope that a person who's being paid to write about a restaurant, um, you know, for a newspaper or a magazine has been given that job because of some kind of knowledge that they sure. have, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, whereas someone who is logging into a TripAdvisor account might just uh, have, you know, eaten out... Um, a couple of times or whatever yeah. um, or, or you know, just even having a bad day or even know? more uh, in a more sinister way um, it, there's nothing to stop competing businesses from writing yeah. um, you know under false names and that stuff absolutely happens, yeah. happens. Yeah. I mean it absolutely the happens the internet's and a wild been, like, there's nothing yeah, yeah it is a bit sure. so I don't know like I personally never read TripAdvisor reviews mm. like never I that is don't not. Think I do either. That's not where I get yeah. um, no. my food knowledge. So I get it from restaurant reviewers that I really trust. Sure. Um, I get it from website sources when I'm traveling that I really trust as well. So you know, I think most people who actually are really into food know do, the sources. Online, to check. I kind of yeah, I would invest in personalities rather than rankings. Do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. if there's somebody who's yeah. whose opinion that I really value on food, like Eva's for instance, mm. then I would like would could go to that page yeah. or could you know or yeah. could like, you know, approach you online if there was anybody they could say, Oh, I'm going away here, I saw you're going mm. Hagen, what's good? And you'd be like, check out my story. Yeah. Do you know? And I think that, that that's the way that you Was that Eva's of, voice you did there? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out my story. Check out my story. <laughs> Hi, I'm Eva, check out my story. Um, but uh, but yeah, though I think I'm yeah. trying to think about other people whose whose opinions that I value, and I don't know. That's it. <laughs> Loads Eva. Just, just me. Just, just Eva. That's why you're here. You're not like me. Okay. Um, so Eva, I guess like yeah, it's still a subject that I'm a little bit unsure about, but mm. I kind of feel like the overall effect of the online space mm-hmm. on food is that there's just so much sharing of information, yes. so much like so much good spirit, so much sharing of information, and so many techniques. And recipes out there that we just would not have access to oh before, unless you were dragging cookbooks around in a big bag in behind you the whole time while you're trying to work. In the kitchen with me Sometimes I'm in work, and I'm just like, how do people do this before? Do they like, go to chef school or something? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know. I make a focaccia like pff, once a week, probably. And yeah. I still don't know the recipe for it. I'm just like, oh god, I have to Google that one again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Yeah, it's just such an amazing resource for mm. chefs, yeah. for home cooks, for people who are trying to learn from scratch for the first time. You know, it's just it's an amazing resource. Yeah, I think that's kind of the upshot of it. And yeah, I reckon if there's one piece of wisdom to take away from this chat is just like, don't read Google <laughs> reviews and don't read TripAdvisor reviews mm. if you're looking for somewhere nice to eat. Yeah, I Go think to the trusted expert source. Yeah, no. or Aretha. Aretha. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. Um, I suppose. It's like anything else, you know, you seek out the voices that you trust and that yeah. you know that you can rely on and, you know, just ignore all the other nonsense because it is nonsense, a lot of it. Like, um, yeah. And, you know, I think 
we are still learning how to use social media. It's um, we're still learning how to use our smartphones. Like mm-hmm. you know, the iPhone only came out um, eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. Like we're still children. Mm-hmm. We're maybe preteens now when it yeah. comes to, yeah. and we've finally maybe started to realize that if we overindulge in this technology, we're going to make ourselves ill. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's the same with 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 food. I think it's the same with knowing when to put your phone away when you're having a meal with your friends. Yeah. Um, if you want to take that picture, take it and have your friends take the piss out of you. They they know that you do it now, but put the phone away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, save the post for later. Um, it's those little tiny little yeah. adjustments that we're kind of learning. Um, so that's what I would. I still. Yeah, I'll I'll defend it. I think it's incredibly powerful for small food businesses yeah. um, to share, and and that's what I love about it. I love um, sharing the information about those small places, and uh, you know, for my everyday humble brags as well. Yeah, it's an essential <laughs> tool for me. Cool. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very much for coming back on. It's been so great. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening into this episode of With Relish. We would like to thank all our guests for taking time out to come on with us. As mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are a fortnightly podcast, so make sure to check out headstuff.org for our next show. You can download the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the usuals. If you like what you've heard, please let us know by writing us a review or following our Twitter page at With Relish Pod. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.